0: Purpose is really important because it gets you out of bed on the bad days and it gives you real momentum on the good days. There was a huge gap between me and the client that was bridged. When I started working with people, we cared about the same thing. One of the most challenging things was how do I set this up so that I can scale it? So you're looking at three things really, website, brand and content. And you bring those together into a productized service. Building business, so get over yourself and get help. I was eye-opening because it gave me some frameworks and models to use in those conversations.
1: Welcome to the Nomad Solopreneur Show. The only podcast where you learn actionable tips that you can apply right away on how to build and grow a one-person business while traveling the world. I'm your host, Gabe Marushka, and every Thursday, solopreneurs and nomads will share their inspiring stories, while I'll challenge them to build solutions to real-life problems that freelancers are facing on the road to freedom. Today, I have the pleasure to welcome Matt Saunders, web designer and coach, which in 2018 launched a web design business serving small charities, helping them to raise nearly half a million pounds and generating six figures for his own business. He now helps startups and freelancers to find the foundations and confidence to build and grow using the lessons and techniques he discovered in his own business. Welcome, Matt. Excited to have you here to talk about your journey from freelancer and employee towards Solarpreneurship.
0: Thanks for having me, Gabe. I'm looking forward to seeing how this conversation unfolds.
1: Me too. Why is purpose so important when it comes to building a business or basically building anything in life?
0: Mm, I mean, it's one of them questions, isn't it? Man's search for purpose, trying to figure out what it is that we're supposed to be doing here on this planet with this life. And sorry to disappoint anybody, but I can't tell you what that is. It's something for you to cultivate on your own. One thing I have discovered is that purpose isn't necessarily something that unless you're very lucky, it's not something that you just find. You don't lift up a rock one day and find purpose there. Purpose, it's something that you cultivate through awareness and through work. You pay attention to how you're doing in the world and you pay attention to the things that are driving you. I think for me, purpose is really important because it gets you out of bed on the bad days and it gives you real momentum on the good days. You can find a purpose that is bigger than your fears, that's a real purpose that's worth paying attention to. That shows you that you've found something that is bigger than yourself and that is bigger than your own limitations. And so I think for any business, whether we talk about your personal life or your solo business or a global corporation, you can find something that you stand for, then I think that's I'm going to give you a greater sense of fulfillment when you look back over your time, over your career in 20, 30, 40 years time. Even when you do a yearly review, you can look at the things that you've achieved um, that are, again, something that's bigger than cash flow, that's bigger than personal pleasure. It's not all about thrill seeking. It's about what am I doing here that's having an impact on other people's lives. There's a lot in purpose, you know, for some people, it's about raising their kids and being the best model that they can be as a parent. For other people, particularly younger people, it's about traveling. It's about broadening their own personal horizons. For some business owners, it might be how they can have an impact at scale through an entrepreneurial lens of making change to people's lives, to
1: the world in general. Indeed, it's way better in life to have a North Star. If you have that purpose that is driving you, you'll definitely do the work because your purpose is bigger than yourself. And I'm curious to find out, how did you find yours? How did
0: I find mine? I think there's no linear process for this, for me anyway. It was drawing on lots of different readings and different conversations with people. But I think ultimately it came down to understanding my own value system and understanding what it was that drives me as a person and the things that I care about and understanding why I care about them. So I set up a web development business in 2018 to serve small charities and This was a few years coming. Before that, I was a web designer for a long time. I would probably say that 80% of the time, I didn't particularly enjoy the projects or the clients that I was working with before I set up the new business working with charities. I was working with anyone and everyone, which is why I'm such a big advocate of niching down in some descriptions to understand your purpose so you can actually niche down to something that's going to really motivate you intrinsically. I worked with a couple of charities just by accident actually. And I've just found something more inspiring in the work that they were doing that I hadn't found in previous projects. And this sparked something within me, this idea. This isn't about the design. This isn't about the money. This isn't about building a business even. This is about achieving something that is beyond me and beyond the client as well. They've got a purpose themselves. And so it was 2018 when I was like, right, okay, so let's have a look at what I've done over my whole career. Those two projects there, they just lit me up in ways that I hadn't experienced before. I'm going to draw a line in the sand, and create a new web design business aimed specifically at charities. And so that's what I did. I went out there, spoke to a few charities, figured out what their kind of core pain points were, what they were looking for, what they were looking to achieve, and literally created a website and a proposition that reflected the goals, aspirations and problems of this niche audience. It was great. I ultimately ended up bringing leads to me every week through the website cuz I ranked quite well for charity, web design, those kinds of terms in Google. If you Again, if you target the niche, it clears away so much confusion and makes it a lot easier for you to rank as well. If you're watching on YouTube rather than the podcast, I've got a book here called The Digital Charity that I wrote, basically just distilling about 20 years of my own knowledge about setting up a website, an online presence and marketing for the third sector. It was a slow process, but it all happened very quickly. You're looking at two or three years, probably a lot longer, actually, when it comes to the time that i would spent ruminating on what I actually want to do with my life. And then all of a sudden it was like, ah, this is the thing that I'm going to spend my time doing. Completely changed my view of business, but it also completely changed my view of web design. Um, No longer was it about the technology or the tools that we were using. It wasn't about the subjective merit of particular design styles and all this sort of stuff. It was just about, oh, how can I help this client achieve their goals in the most efficient and best way possible? When you take that mentality out into the commercial world, you can't forever just do things that are for you. You have to do things for other people. And if you can find the people that are doing things that you care about as well, everything's just simpler.
1: To rewind a bit back, how made you feel when you actually find that purpose and you realize that working with charities, it's something that lights your fire?
0: That's a really good question. I felt lighter
1: because so
0: often I used to get in my own head about clients and their needs and getting on calls with them or sending emails with you know design work in it or whatever. It was all very, it's tr- quite stressful because I was second guessing myself all the time. And what I realized is that It's because there was a huge gap between me and the client that was bridged. When I started working with people, we cared about the same thing. So ultimately, I still faced some of the similar issues working with charities as I did with in the previous life as a web designer, working with anyone and everyone in that Clients would come back to me and they would say, "Oh, we don't like this, or there's an urgency. we need to get this done by this day." And you know these kind of orange flags that you see from clients sometimes. But the fact that I had created an offer based upon a purpose made handling those situations a lot easier, because we could just step back every time. I wouldn't get drawn into the firefighting. the work was of a higher standard anyway, but also, if there was any conversation to be had around detail, We would always just take a step back together as a team and just say, okay, what are people are looking for? What do our volunteers, what do our supporters, people are going to use this website? What are they going to be needing? What are they going to be looking for? And it's, again, if you can bring yourself very close to the client and what they're looking to achieve, makes those conversations a lot easier to have and any problems that arise a lot easier to solve as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because those are the moments when you actually realize that their goal and in this case, their website goal, it's much more bigger than what you think about it or what your reasoning behind accepting that feedback or whatever it is. And yeah, happy that you brought that up. And speaking of, because accepting feedback is a challenge sometimes. What was your biggest challenge when it comes to web design?
0: I've always wanted to standardize things. I've always wanted to create processes and systems that I can stand upon, basically. So for a number of years in my career, I found... Every project was very scattered, and it felt like I was starting from scratch every single time. That partly was because I didn't have the internal processes and systems in place, but it was also partly because I was working with clients in different sectors, different sizes, with different goals, and therefore we had to create the process that was going to enable them to hit them goals from scratch almost every single time. When I started working with the charities, I had an idea From day one, really, of what I wanted that business to look like, I was going to use WordPress and only WordPress. So I used this awesome plugin called GiveWP, which from day one, I didn't have the money, but I just invested, I think it was £500 for a license for five sites or something for a 12-month period because I knew I was going to get those clients. So I spent the money, created my own custom blocks that I could pass my own CSS into that could basically customize the styling for new clients when they came on board made a process and a set of tools available so that when I started a web design job, I was probably 70% ready to go at that point. Uh, In fact, one of the most challenging things was how do I set this up so that I can scale it? Um, Not to such a degree where it would be hundreds and hundreds of clients, although that could have happened, but to a degree where I can save the small charities that they don't have a huge amount of budget, but they deserve and need a decent online presence. And so this was all wrapped within a a really good service offering as well. So I wasn't a sort of fly by night freelancer who was living hand to mouth every month and probably going to get a job in the next few months. I was building a solid business that could scale. It was putting all of the steps in place for that, that was a huge learning experience for me, but also one of the greatest achievements of my career.
1: It's Wonderful to hear. And this is probably the most powerful thing of niching down, apart from actually speaking to the right audience, but the ability to use same thing that used for the previous client to the next one. The broad concept is that if I niche down, I will lose probably that client. I have to say no to the other one. I had that mentality as well. And it was a false one because it's much more easier to work with someone that already did a lot of projects for the same type of business than to hire someone that is working for everyone and not like a jack of all trades. And speaking of building a business, how do you proceed? you're running it by yourself with contractors? So you have full-time employees or how you switch from the employee freelancer and towards your business how you build that process
0: a lot of it is to do with mindset and i talk about mindset a lot on linkedin and i've had people say to me oh mindset is all bs and blah 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 it's just all about strategy and there is a strategic approach to setting up a business effectively and my mindset previous to this business was i'm just a web designer i only build websites Websites are almost a commodity and clients can probably build their own websites anyway, because, you know, Wix and Squarespace. And and I had a lot of limitations in the way that I saw myself and my industry from deciding to draw that line in the sand and say, no, I'm going to build a business that is going to have an impact. It's going to be bigger than everything that I've done before. And it's going to be bigger than web design. When people said, what is it that you do? I would say, I work with small charities. I empower small charities. I help them build digital tools. I help them raise money online. I talked about the client and the problems that I was solving for them more than I did. I'm a web designer. I make websites. That used to be the conversation. But if you say you help charities raise money online, that's a conversation starter, isn't it? So... It was a mindset shift from seeing myself as this component function within a business to I'm actually the owner of a business that does this, but it uses websites to make that happen.
1: That's brilliant because no one is just a web designer, graphic designer, or a copywriter. We actually solve real life problems. And if we can actually show those results, for sure, the sky's the limit when it comes to actually building a business mm. and going back to building a business. How you actually do it. You work with full time employees or you hire contractors or you do the work yourself. So
0: I did everything myself for probably the first year. So one mistake that I made was not bringing other people in sooner. And the second mistake that I made was asking clients to provide the content. So doing everything yourself is fine for a short amount of time. But ultimately, you've got to realize that. You can't do everything yourself, but also you shouldn't do everything yourself because you're not that person. You don't have the skills required in every area of that business. So, first and foremost, you build a business. So get over yourself and get help. And secondly, don't ask clients to provide content ever. And I know that so many web designers still do this. And I see this all the time on LinkedIn people complaining that clients are taking a while to send over content and all that sort of stuff. And so, what I did was I, integrated content writing. I worked with a copywriting partner and I integrated content writing into the proposal process. So it was a non-negotiable. It was just like, here's what we do. We we design and build the website, we write the content, we host the website and we provide support. And this is how much the whole thing costs. It wasn't so itemized. It wasn't like copywriting was this much and web design was this much and you know, WordPress integration was up. No one cares about that. And the moment you start creating shopping lists like that within your proposals, that's when clients start trying to jenga it and pull out bits and say, "We can write our own copy." So if you just put it in there as a non-negotiable part of the service, then clients will accept that. And you know, I now and I work with other freelancers to help them build similar businesses to what I I've managed to build. And some of the pushback that people have is. Oh, clients can't afford a copywriter. Uh, And my response is always, well, can they afford not to? Because what we're doing here is we're trying to create value for that client. And if you say to a client, okay, you can write your own content. Are you a trained copywriter? Do you understand about um, effective call to actions? Do you understand about things like urgency and um, tone of voice? And the client will 9.9 times out of 10 say, no, I don't know any of that. And then you can say to them, do you think that it would be best for us to find budget for a copywriter then? And they go, yes, you're right. So it's just a little conversation that you have to have with your clients sometimes if they push back on something like copywriting. Something I also did, I worked with a brand designer as well, because it's all well and good landing a new client and designing a new website. But if their brand identity is really old and the only logo they've got is a GIF file from that they're using their email signature. <laughs> you can't work with that. So we'd have to have a real conversation at scoping phase or even before we onboarded them. Look, are you up for having a look at your brand here? Because we don't have to do a complete rebrand, but we might have to create some assets and evolve your current brand so that we can make the best website that we can. And again, some clients weren't up for that. So I would say, well, I can't help you then. I don't believe that's going to bring you a huge amount of value in the longer term. So let's use this as an opportunity to have a look at your brand positioning as well as your website. So you're looking at three things, really website, brand and content. And you bring those together into a almost a productized service. You've got all your processes behind the scenes. You've got your suppliers, the order in which you execute things. you can say that to a client, then yeah, the prices are going up, but the quality of the service and the quality of the results is going to increase as well. So that was my journey over a three or four year period from doing everything myself and trying to get clients to write content and interpreting terrible brand identities, moving over towards bringing content right into the process, having the conversation about brand identity and documenting everything out so that it could be outsourced as well to other suppliers. And that kind of freed me up to have more sales conversations with prospective clients.
1: That's inspiring, yeah, because that's the thing with creatives. like We enjoy so much doing the craft that you forget that if you actually want to build something that is sustainable and to not end up in burnout or something over time, We really need help. And also another mindset limitation that I had, I'm the best at this. No one can do it better than me. We are so wrong. There are huge talents out there that are doing way better and some of them even faster and cheaper. And we can actually focus on the most important part of business, on the thinking part. Because if you actually want to build a business, we need to sell our thinking, not our End result.
0: My prevailing, I'm sort of thinking on this is how are you going to actually create the value for the client? If you're going to en- become enrolled in this idea that copywriting is too expensive, then you're also going to be enrolled into the idea that web design is too expensive and you're going to keep reducing and cutting all the time, and your client's going to be cutting things and you're going to end up with nothing. What are we trying to achieve and what do we need to make it happen? And you're completely right there that it's the heart of a piece of design, really, because Web design is visual communication and we can flourish it with imagery and typography and all this kind of stuff. But if if the content itself doesn't resonate in any way with the target audience, then it really is all for nothing. I've done nice pieces of design work before where I've presented it to a client and asked them to provide the content. And let's say there's a hero section and it's got one statement and a paragraph underneath it or a sentence underneath it in the design. And it's all lorem ipsum because it's placeholder text. It's not written yet. Client comes back and they provide three paragraphs and then you have the conversation of, we need to strip this down. And they say but it all needs to be in there. And then you, you need to find a copywriter who knows how to do this stuff, <laughs> who can lead the client if you're not able to, so the client, is inspired to do the right thing rather than contract their expenditure instead of saying, oh, we're going to cut costs. We're going to save money. We're going to save time. Just say, no, we're going to spend money because that's going to get us the best results.
1: True. Again, it's just a mind limitation here that we think that, oh, client won't pay that, won't pay for copyright. When eventually they actually need results and it's a complete package in order to bring that results and love how you do that and on this journey how did you make the switch and what pushed you to go into coaching and to teach others how to build the same thing that you managed to build
0: i started learning coaching skills during the pandemic in the first year in 2020 and the reason was i was looking for ways to communicate more effectively with my web design clients So quite often I found that we had the shared purpose and we saw ourselves as a team. There would still be instances where my advice, if you like, wasn't landing in the way that I had intended. Well, this is on me. I can't just blame the client for not listening or whatever it is or blame them for not spending money here. There's got to be a better way to communicate and facilitate The work that we're doing together brought me on to coaching because coaching, it's all about active listening. It's all about mutual empowerment and leadership and teamwork and all these kinds of things. So I started studying that. I enrolled on an online course. I was eye-opening because it gave me some frameworks and models to use in those conversations with onboarding new clients and for maintaining relationships with existing clients. And after practicing that for a while and becoming more active on LinkedIn, I just saw that my peer group, freelancers, developers, designers, writers, for the main part, and still are completely lost. And I saw myself in those people from five years ago. I saw myself as someone who used to beg for work on job sites and used to just hang around and just hope that work would come my way. Or if I saw somebody post that they were looking for a designer on Facebook, I would comment on that, along with 9 million other people. It's just like, wow. The journey that I have been on, and I don't want to sound egotistical about this because it did all unfold from figuring out what that purpose was, but it gave me the basis for building an actual business that was scalable, that brought people to me. Inbound was great, but it was inbound, they were the right inbound leads and they were very similar in their needs and their goals. Therefore, I could provide a product for them and a service that was going to fit them without having to go from scratch every single time. That's what I want to do now. I want to help other people to find that level of peacefulness in their own business. Because I know a lot of freelancers, they're living month to month and they don't have an outbound strategy. They don't really have an inbound strategy. They're relying on word of mouth. They don't feel like they're very strong leaders in their own lives and they lack confidence. And this is exactly who I was in the years before this business. So having been through this process of personal development and developing and growing a business, so my mission is to help other people to go from having that kind of frustrated, fearful employee mindset that so many freelancers carry around with them as sort of emotional baggage, moving from there towards being a confident and empowered business owner who is on a mission
1: I'm happy that you brought that up because as a tradition in this podcast, we challenge every guest. And for you, I will say to throw away your web designer hat, to put yourself in the shoes of, uh, let's say, a freelancer, graphic designer, maybe with a bachelor degree in arts, super good at his craft or her craft, has quite a bit of background, like employee, freelancer, partners, maybe in agencies and so on. But is struggling to find purpose. It's struggling to find that logical step in either career or to a bigger purpose than, than themselves. How do you approach this scenario? Like in a very actionable way, if possible, and move from employee or freelancer to a successful solopreneur.
0: For me, it's going to be about going back to looking at the values again and seeing what drives you in Ditli. What are the things that you would do? One of the things I ask my clients sometimes is if someone puts 100 grand into your account today, what are you going to do? The question is, what decisions and actions are you going to take on this business? That's a big question. And it's a really good question as well, because it gives you breathing space. It gives you mental bandwidth to examine really from a place of abundance. It's not real. Obviously, you haven't got 100 grand in your account, but if somebody did put it in there, what would you actually do? how would you spend that time? What would you spend that money on? Where would you invest it? Would you even do what you're doing now? If not, there's something to look at there. There's a lot of lessons to be learned there. But if you're scaling up from being the master of that craft to the owner of the business that delivers that craft, then it's a whole different vantage point And it does require an infusion of purpose and meaning behind it. Something that employees can get on board with, something that your clients can get on board with, and something that is going to drive you on a daily basis as well. So what is that? If you've got a hundred grand in your account, you no longer have to worry about money. You have all the resources that you need. What would you be doing with your time? So that's the question I would
1: ask. That's a brilliant question, but might be hard to say no to a client if there's a situation in which... You need to put food on the table and that project will bring that and you don't have much other options. But once you do that and maybe you try to save some money and be able to move away from that fear of if you don't accept the next project, you will go broke or something, Mm. then it's time to actually ask yourself the question that Matt just said and try to find that purpose. Try to go and try things and see what works for you. did with charities you enjoying working with them and see that they have a similar purpose with you but going back to that question let's say if someone answered that question and we're like okay for sure is not something that i want to do moving forward let's say i just exchange time for money and i want to build something bigger than myself and i know that i just not go on the street and find that purpose. How do go about it? There are
0: lots of different ways to go about this. There's no sort of single path. And I would suggest that actually just, just bringing awareness to the conversation within your own mind is a start of the process. So just asking yourself the question is a good thing to be doing. And by the way, it's something that you want to be doing over and over again. Because once I started working with charities, that was the catalyst. But over time, I realized there were certain charities in particular that I was driven by more than others. There's a question here of how do you separate yourself from the business in terms of what it is that you're professionally offering and what it is that personally drives you. But I realized I was more into sort of empowering people. So I've gone from website design on its own to then helping people and using websites for that to now coaching, which is all about conversational breakthroughs and personal growth. So I'm still on a journey of purpose that I'm iterating and evaluating on a regular basis sounds very cliche to say but the purpose is not the destination it is the journey and it's a case of just having a one eye on all of this journaling regularly is a good way to understand how you're feeling about something and so i think maybe in the early days to go back specifically to your question just try stuff like consciously try new things new disciplines new mediums new types of clients travel around a bit, move to different areas, create experiences, and then find out which ones are the ones that you want more of and which ones are the ones you want less of. We're not blank slates, but particularly in the early days of our career, there's a lot of space to create and to write on that space. But certainly over time, I think there's possibly a natural progression for for humans to moving from a self-centered place to wanting to help others. I think that's possibly a maturity Growth thing that that kind of naturally happens, but also can be cultivated. It's just about thinking about how you can serve other people. Really, when you serve other people, you ultimately get a lot of satisfaction from yourself anyway. So, what is selfishness? And I think that, that's another conversation. But if you can be selfish for the purpose of others rather than selfish because you want to buy a new car or six figures or whatever it is, those self-centered pursuits are going to give you less lasting happiness than the more service-based, as in being of service-based uh, approach to business and life more generally as well.
1: Love that because indeed that's way bigger than ourselves. I love when you mentioned the journaling part because putting thoughts on the piece of paper or even writing down on a computer mm. will help a lot liberate your mind and actually trying to move that direction of clarity and being able to find that. Because if You have 1000 ideas in your head and trying to think every day, what's my purpose on this planet? What should I do next? What's the next logical step? I think three or four months ago, I went to the Buddhist temple and it was this thing. You have to shake some sort of bowl with a lot of sticks with a number of them. And after that, you pull out a piece of paper with that number. And I did that just to see how it goes. and. What was written it was you're a bit lost right now, but everything that you will start, you'll have success with. But you just have to start that. Of course, I don't believe in miracles. I don't believe in this type of things. We have to do some decision because I could throw away that piece of paper and never think about it anymore or simply not taking action and nothing will happen
0: mm. it's interesting isn't it because what you said there that story about seeing that piece of paper there may have been a time in your life not so long ago where you would have thrown that paper away it's almost like you you get what you're ready for the message reveals itself when you're ready to hear it one of my clients a couple of months ago one of the things that I said to him, and this was about something very basic, was the more you charge your clients, the better job you can do for them. And all he needed was to hear that. And he's gone out there and had his best month ever, because just that idea of, oh God, if I charge more, it's going to give me more breathing space and it's going to enable me to do better work. So yeah, there are certain things that we just need to hear at the right time that will spur on a complete different course of action that you may not have taken otherwise. And I've had loads of little breakthroughs like that with my clients, but with myself as well. Interesting that you mention Buddhism there as well. I'm, I'm not a Buddhist. I'm an armchair uh, enthusiast of Buddhism. And there's something in there, this uh, concept called body cheetah. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's about the idea of self-enlightenment for the sake of others. If you were to wrap it in a Western packaging, you could just say self-development. So cultivating compassion, seeing the bigger picture, being of service, all this within your own mind, and then give it to other people. And that is how we expand ourselves. We expand the world as well. We lift up humanity. I think those little nuggets of wisdom come along at the right time, not just in business, but in life in general as well. So. Just pay attention to things would be my kind of takeaway from that.
1: Indeed. And just surrender yourself by like minded people because you will hear a lot of golden nuggets. Mm. Uh, there are some powerful social media platforms that, that, if you use them properly, the opportunities are endless. Speaking of social media, in general, where people can find you, where people can contact you and learn more about your work.
0: Yeah, I've got a, a YouTube channel, which you'll find on my website, which is mattsaunders.uk. But you'll also find my LinkedIn link on there as well. I'm very active on LinkedIn. It's by far the best social network as far as I'm concerned. It's just an air of positivity on there that you don't get on something like Twitter, I find. So yeah, it's at YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Those are the areas where I am most prevalent.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll put them in the show notes so you can find the details later to contact Matt. And since we are all about helping and providing value here, before wrapping up, I want you this time to create a challenge for our listeners and should take less probably than one day to complete. So we actionable and easy to follow and we'll help them acquire at least one paying client. Maybe they are struggling now. I don't know the period, beginning of the year and what they should do in order to achieve that. I've got
0: a very simple task and that is to reach out to 30 people in your network, send them a DM on LinkedIn, send them an email could be somebody who you've spoken to previously. It could be a new contact. If you want to build a business, if you want to find success, you've got to reach out to people and you've got to create connections with people. And the more you do that, so I said 30, you can do that today. You can do that in an hour. All it requires that you do is go on LinkedIn for a little bit or scroll through your inbox and find people to just reach back out to. Say hello to what are you up to in the new year? I'm have a coffee, catch up with people, blah, blah, blah. What are your goals? Anything, any conversation, that, take an interest and reach out to them. And if you do that with enough people, might not create a client straight away, but it will down the line. And if you do it over and over again, what you'll do is you'll build a stream of interested leads. And you, and that's really, I think, the that's at the core of outbound marketing. So the challenge is today fire up LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever network that you use, reach out to 30 people.
1: Yeah, good one. I love that you mentioned that to just reach out and have a conversation. You didn't say reach out to 30 people and ask them, do you have some work for me or something like yeah. that? Because that doesn't work. Yeah. You need to build the relationship with someone to be able to work with them at some point. And I'm 100% sure if you guys do that and reach to 30 people, for certain, at least one person might actually have a problem because one of the my favorite questions to ask is to for real, how is business going on LinkedIn, especially for example, people are usually saying, "Oh man, it's not going that well currently," and you can follow up why, and mm-hmm. leading the, that conversation can get you on a path to actually finding that they're having a problem. Probably they're not getting clients. Let's say you're a web designer, because we are both web designers, they're not getting clients, and you can literally end up finding that they are not getting clients from their website. And wow, you are a web designer, you we can solve that. All those things put together, having a conversation with someone and finding a problem that you might solve.
0: If you can just sort of get out of your own way and network with other people, that will unlock so much stuff. I wish I had known this 10 years ago because I spent a lot of time creating content on my blog, on social media, or paying for ads through to the website. And all of that is just, it's just distance between me and the people who I want to help or the people I want to get in touch with. If you can just shortcut that, get scrappy and just kind of go and talk to people and do it as a practice, a professional person that says, I'm going to be, I'm a business builder and I'm going to build my network because I'm a professional. And you do that on a regular basis. You don't need to worry too much about writing tons and tons of content on your website and tinkering away behind the scenes. It's getting out there and talking to people like we are doing now. The more you can do that as part of a bigger strategy, of course, the more you can do that, if you're looking for clients, that's a good place to find them.
1: Yeah, for sure. I love that. And especially when it comes to having a long-term goal, because indeed, if you just try to, I don't know, get the next paying client, you can go to places like Upwork or freelancer.com and maybe you can find a client or two. But if you want to build relationships, networking, it's probably one of the most powerful thing. And you mentioned that if you know something like a long time ago, what's that one thing that you wish to know when you started out that you, of course, know now?
0: I would say that as a solo business owner, your business is a reflection of you. And therefore, it's really about your mindset and it's about your self-worth. So if you have low self-worth or if you have low confidence, then you're going to be charging very small prices. You're not going to be leading those clients. If you see yourself as just the component of that work, i.e. the web designer and nothing bigger. So they say that the external world is a reflection of the internal world. So work on yourself every day, read books, listen to podcasts, work with a coach and Shine a light on those shortcomings in your own mind and your limiting beliefs, and work on them because neuroplasticity means that the brain is always evolving and changing, so why not give it good stuff? Why not work on that? Because if you can work on that, then your business, everything else will follow from there. It all comes from within. so that's what I wish I knew in the early days instead of blaming everyone, blaming clients for being tight with their budgets, blaming clients for being not getting it. And all this sort of stuff, it's just like, well, I got to take responsibility for that
1: indeed ninety nine percent of the cases, probably the problem that we see in others are just a reflection of ourselves, yeah, and without blaming others and start working on ourselves and improve every day, we won't go far, yeah, yeah, thank you so much for that wisdom and love this discussion that you had, and thank you so much for. Taking the time to jump on a call with me to record it. Thanks to listening to our episode today. We're looking forward to hear how the challenge went. And if you reach out to 30 people, what were the results of this? How many connections that you made? If you got that one, at least client, both me and Matt will be happy to hear your results. Make sure to check the show notes for all the resources and links to Matt's socials. And don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast station to not miss the next one. We have lots of exciting guests coming up and surprises for you. This is your host, Guilherme Marushka with the Nomad Surpreneur Show. Until next week, Pura Vida!